Life's complicated and overwhelming enough, especially for those in mission-driven work. Let's make the journey to health as simple and sustainable as possible. Welcome to the Simply Health Coaching Podcast, where it's about the food and more than the food. It's about individual health and the health of organizations. I'm Lisa Baker, and my vision is a world in which individuals and organizations can be well while doing good. My mission is to give these organizations and individuals the programs, resources, and practices to get there. On this podcast, we'll talk about the food we put in our mouths and everything else that nourishes us or doesn't, with special attention to the opportunities to get healthy for those burning out in mission-driven work. Season one focused mostly on the food we put in our mouths and a few other parts of our lives that can affect our relationship with food. Season two focused on conversations with women experiencing burnout in mission-driven work, conventional and alternative practitioners who support them, and others whose lives intersect with them and their organizations. Please visit the podcast homepage to check out previous episodes. Season three will be a mix of solo episodes and interviews with guests, all focused on finding our way out of burnout and back to health after more than 18 months of the pandemic. Let's get started. This episode is brought to you by my Stewarding Emotional Eating group coaching program. Has it been one of those days, weeks, months, years? You've eaten your way through an entire sleeve of cookies, a whole sharing size bag of chips, and what's left of the birthday cake in the fridge. You're still craving something, and nothing in the house appeals to you. Yep, you know what, your emotions are affecting your eating habits and choices. Have you tried beating, conquering, managing, tackling, controlling your emotional eating? How's that working for you? Maybe stewarding your emotional eating is a better approach because stewarding means the mindful and responsible care of something entrusted to you. And your emotional eating is your body sending you a message that she wants you to take better care of her. Ready to learn how to do that? Join me for a two-month exploration of what makes us eat emotionally and how we can shift that behavior. The next cohort of the Stewarding Emotional Eating Program runs from November 1st through January 14th. Yep, we run across all the holidays because they can be especially hard and it's a great time to have support. There are two levels you can engage at. Nibbler, which is a basic virtual group program with group calls, online modules, office hours, and an online chat thread. Or VIP, which stands for Voraciously Invested Person. The same group program with a whole lot more one-on-one -on -one accountability and support from me, plus a few fun and practical bonuses. Remember, my mission is to make health coaching affordable to everybody. I offer no fee, no interest payment plans that fit your budget and discounts if you prefer to pay up front. Ready to steward your emotional eating? Details at isgood slash emotional eating. That's is.gd slash emotional eating or follow the link in the show notes. Do you struggle with emotional eating, also known as stress eating? What is emotional eating and how does it differ from disordered eating? Over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to explore on the podcast what emotional eating is and how we can approach it. So let's start with a story. Once upon a time, we ate when we were hungry, and we stopped eating when we were full. We ate what appealed to us, and we enjoyed our meals. 
Food gave us energy, also known as calories, and nutrition, what we need for our bodies to thrive. We were in tune with our bodies and we had fewer nutritional deficiencies. So what is that style of eating called, right? I mean, that's kind of quote unquote normal eating, right? It's also called eating like an animal. When you think about it, this is the way that animals eat. Uh, it's also called intuitive eating. You're tuning into your inner wisdom and deciding what you want to eat and how much you want to eat and figuring out when you're full. Emotionally eating is really the opposite of that. It's eating for reasons other than nutrition and satiety and calories. In addition to giving us energy and nutrition, food suddenly is helping us to fill a void in our hearts or our minds rather than our stomachs, or it's helping to suppress or distract us from an emotion or to have a sense of control. Hello, 2020, right? <laughs> a lot of things felt like they were spinning out of control in 2020. Um, emotional eating is extremely common. And when it becomes extreme, it can become disordered eating, the kind that has diagnoses like anorexia, bulimia, orthorexia. Disordered eating is less common than emotional eating, and it usually requires the help of medical intervention to diagnose and treat. Emotionally eating is something that may not be quite as severe as disordered eating, and it's still extremely difficult to address without the help of someone like a coach who is trained in working with it. To be especially careful with staying within my scope of practice as a coach, I often request or even require that my clients with emotional eating issues work with a therapist at the same time as we work together. How does emotional eating look? What does it look like? It can be an endless stream of food entering our mouth all day long. It can also be the severe restriction of what we allow ourselves to eat or how much we allow ourselves to eat. And in some cases, we can actually pendulum between those two extremes. So think about, you know, if you suspect you have emotional eating, does either of those or do all of those resonate with you? Do you sometimes just graze all day long? Do you sometimes restrict the kind of food you eat or uh, how much food you're eating? Or do you tend to pendulum between those two? I'm going to take a really quick detour into Eastern philosophy of all things, but we'll get back to why it's all connected. So you may have heard of the concept of yin yang. Most people have heard of it and many can instantly recognize that symbol for it. It's two sort of comma shaped sections, one black, one white, and they're joined to make a circle. In the most simplistic explanation of this concept, the shape represents masculine and feminine light and dark, expanding and contracting energies. We generally flow between these polarities, which is why these things are not a straight line. It's not a straight, a circle with a straight line in between it, dividing it into light and dark. It's this sort of flowy shape. Um, and even more importantly, each of those little comma shapes contains a seed of the other color, so the white comma, let's just call it a comma. The white comma has a black dot in it and the black comma has a white dot in it. And what that really means is that within each polarity, there is a seed of the other. So whether you identify as male, female, both, neither, somewhere 
on that spectrum, we all carry masculine and feminine energy inside of us. We often lead with one or the other, and some of us have trouble getting in touch with one or the other. So for example, I find that I very often lead from a very masculine perspective, a very masculine energy, and sometimes it's really hard for me to get in touch with my more feminine side. In Feminine Genius, author Liana Silver says that masculine energy moves in a straight line like an arrow. Feminine energy moves in loops and spirals like a slinky. Our masculine side is inclined to doing battle, hunting, providing, protecting. And our feminine side inclines toward nurturing, tending and mending. Neither is right or wrong, better or worse. And for the most part, we can tap into the one that fits our current need, or we live somewhere in the middle of that spectrum. Have you ever noticed that we often approach habit change from what I would identify as a very masculine energy perspective? Just do it. Push through it. Emotional eating is something that we want to battle, beat, control, conquer, manage, subdue, tackle. Think about all those words. If you subscribe to this idea that you know the masculine energy is much more about doing battle and hunting, those words all sound very masculine. So yes, that was kind of a big detour, right? But how is all this talk of energetics related to emotional eating? When we appro approach emotional eating in a really masculine way, there's a pushing sort of energy. It's like shoving a boulder up a hill. When we fail, the boulder flattens us. It's also been likened to holding a beach ball underwater. Think about being at the pool and holding a floaty or a beach ball underwater. The minute you let go, it jumps up and slaps you in the face, right? So if you want to approach uh, emotional eating in a more feminine way, we have to look for a more flowing, pulling sort of energy that allows us to loop and spiral around those boulders in the stream. Most often, a masculine approach to habit change requires motivation. Again, it's that pushing energy. A feminine approach extends an invitation, a pulling sort of energy, a flow. Our masculine side loves competition, while our feminine side craves collaboration. And this applies to how we treat our bodies. Do we compete with our natural instincts and genetics to create change? Or do we work with our intuition and our genetics to bring it about? So over the next few episodes, I'm going to invite you to try on what I see as a more feminine approach to emotional eating. And this can be for men or women. We're not going to battle, beat, conquer, control, manage, subdue, tackle our emotional eating and try to you know, kill it. Instead, we're going to steward it. Why steward? <laughs> well, because the word steward, if you look it up, one of the definitions is to take mindful and loving care of that which has been entrusted to you. And I don't just mean your body. I mean your emotional eating as well. Where have you heard or used the word steward before? Well, I'll bet most people with a Christian background immediately think of the annual stewardship campaigns at their church. Um, yeah, 
we are stewarding our resources to bring about change, right? Another common place to hear the word used is in how we steward our natural resources. Well, your being, body, mind, and spirit, is something that you have been granted for your lifetime, or if you choose for this lifetime, this cycle of your spirit having a physical existence as a human, right? You'll often hear, you know, we're a spiritual being having a physical experience on this earth. So if you believe this, your emotional eating is actually not a problem. It's an opportunity. It's a message from your entire being, body, mind, and spirit, that you are not taking mindful and loving care of what has been entrusted to you. So what would it look like to consider emotional eating an opportunity rather than a problem. When we work together around the topic of emotional eating, our goal is to not only honor your entire being by finding our way out of emotional eating. In addition, we're going to discover that our emotional eating will, like a slinky, loop back again and again. So we need to develop a toolbox full of instruments that will help us every time this happens. So again, we're not trying to kill emotional eating because guess what? It will come back. I guarantee it. So there is no way to kill it, beat it, manage it, conquer it into submission once and for all. If you've ever read Eckhart Tolle, you know that we all have voices inside our heads. <laughs> it's when we start speaking their words out loud that people kind of start looking at us like we might be just a little bit crazy, right? Well, Eckhart Tolle says, you know, we have these conversations going on inside our heads all the time. It's the quote unquote crazy people who say these things out loud and we start looking at them like, whoa, this person on the street is a little bit nuts. Gotta give them a wide berth. But think about it. How do those voices sound? How do you speak to yourself? What do your inner voices sound like? Are they mean to you, saying things about you that you would never say to somebody else? Or are they kind and encouraging? I like to say there are two ways our inner voices respond to our emotional eating and to anything else we do that we feel sort of negatively about. So the first way is really judgy. Ugh, why did you eat that again? Right? That's the end of any productive conversation. It's a really bad spiral down, right? The only way that conversation ends is you're stupid. You have no willpower. Why can't you do this? Everybody else has a no problem with this, right? It's judgy. You're not going to go anywhere constructive from that. The second way our voices can be is curious. Think about this, the same words, different tone. Instead of, why did you eat that again? Huh, why did you eat that again? This is the beginning of a very productive conversation in which we can open our mind to finding possibilities and options. So when I work with clients on emotional eating issues, this mindset flip from more masculine to more feminine, from managing to stewarding is really the first step. The next step in stewarding emotional eating is to identify what kind of hunger are we experiencing? If you think about it, we experience two kinds of hunger, physical and emotional, and they're really different. So here's some kind of cool ways to tell them apart if this is something that, that doesn't instantly make sense to you. Physical hunger arises really gradually 
in response to your body's needs. It indicates that you are connected to your body's signals. For some people, it can be, you know, your stomach growls. Some people get lightheaded. Some people get hangry. Some people's hands and feet get really cold, right? Those are physical symptoms that you are probably hungry. And it varies by person. Physical hunger can eventually be satisfied, so then we stop eating. Taking action on it, otherwise eating, <laughs> can be delayed if necessary. So think about sitting in a meeting at work. It's 10 minutes from noon. You know the meeting ends at noon. You suddenly realize your stomach is growling. But it's not like you have to jump up. It's like, oh, my meeting ends in 10 minutes. I'll be fine. And physical hunger can be satisfied by a wide variety of foods. You look in the fridge and everything looks good. Finally, physical hunger doesn't spark negative feelings before, during, or after eating. Emotional hunger is the reverse of all of that. Emotional hunger starts really suddenly in response to what your mind, what your emotions want. It's not a physical need. Emotional eating indicates a disconnection from your body's signals. You are ignoring your body's message that it's full. You really don't need to eat, uh, or at least it's not hungry, right? Emotional hunger feels insatiable. You aren't able to stop eating even when your body says, whoa, enough, I'm full. And emotional hunger wants instant gratification. You've got to jump up and get something to eat right now. It also makes you crave specific foods or food combinations. So you look into a stocked fridge and you think, God, nothing in there is what I want. And emotional eating, or I'm sorry, emotional hunger is really often accompanied by feelings of guilt or shame or powerlessness. So when I work with clients on emotional eating issues, I call this part of our journey playing scientist. When we learn to step back and observe what type of hunger we are actually experiencing, we're really playing scientist, right? You're stepping back from, from your subjective world and taking a look objectively like a scientist does, right? You could take those points about physical and emotional hunger and say, okay, do I have to eat right now? Um, is this emotional or is it physical? Is my stomach growling? Do I want a specific food or am I hungry for anything? When you start using those measures to evaluate your hunger, it's like you're playing scientist. So in this first stage, I really don't require anything else of my clients. You know, if you're hungry, whether it's physical or emotional, go ahead and eat what you are going to eat. And at the same time, observe why you're eating. Is it physical hunger or is it emotional hunger? And the cool thing is for some people, this is actually the stage at which they can cycle out of emotional eating. I have had some clients tell me, oh, as soon as I knew the difference between physical and emotional hunger, I could just stop eating when I was emotionally hungry and just eat when I was physically hungry. <laughs> Lucky for those people, right? For many of us, playing scientist is not enough. And so there are a few more roles I'm going to walk through in the next few episodes. Um, but for now, I invite you to spend some time over the next few days thinking about these ideas. First of all, that idea of yin yang, right? Masculine and feminine energy. Where, where do you come from in uh, dealing with your emotional eating? Is it a more masculine approach? Is it a more feminine energy? 
are you competing with your body or are you collaborating with it? And think about, am I eating for physical hunger reasons or emotional hunger reasons? And then stay tuned for the next episode, which is coming up on Tuesday. And in that episode, we're going to continue our discussion of how to steward our emotional eating by identifying our triggers. And the next role play is playing journalist. More about that in the next episode. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you automatically get notified of when the next episode drops. And I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Please note that any suggestions provided on this show are not meant to replace medical advice, and the opinions of the guests on this show are their own. Simply Health Coaching and Elizabeth A. Baker, LLC, neither endorse nor take responsibility for statements made by guests. Let me know your thoughts about the episode and share your biggest takeaways and aha moments, and let me know who else you want to hear from on the topic of being well while doing good. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor, as well as some of the other listening platforms. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe the podcast in your listening app so you never missed an episode. Love the podcast? You can support it with a donation directly from the podcast homepage in most listening apps. If you're interested in advertising on the podcast, send me an email or voice message. And if you'd like to know more about my work, please visit my website at simplyhealthcoaching.com. As always, the links are in the show notes.